What is up, everybody? Welcome in to a Monday edition of the Summer Celebration. Well, wait a second. Did you just say Summer Celebration? Yeah, that's right. All this week, we will be celebrating all the great interviews and segments that we have done here for Texans Radio as we move up through the 4th of July week. We'll be back live next week. But this week, it is a summer celebration of all the great things we have done this this offseason, throughout the year. We're going to hear from Bill O'Brien. We're going to hear from Roland Ramirez, who if you have not heard this, our segment with Roland Ramirez that he did with DPC, you're, man, you missed out. You definitely want to hang into that. We did plenty of drafts this year. In the Lab has done some tremendous segments. So we're going to have all of that for you celebrating the Houston Texans, the players of the Texans. You'll hear from many of them. Will Fuller, Bernardrick McKinney, Deshaun Watson, many of the players that we have spoken to. And you know what? Some of the players that don't get as much acclaim are sometimes some of the best radio. You're getting from Brian Peters this week as well. So we got plenty planned for you. But Monday night is quarterback night. All that you're going to hear tonight having to do with Houston Texans quarterbacks, past and present. Well, mainly present, but there'll be one that will show up on the show. So we're going to hear from Sage Rosenfels later in the show. We'll also hear from Brandon Whedon. The day that Brandon signed here with the Texans, he came in studio and did an interview with me. We talked about coming back to the Texans and um, amongst other things, being back in the building after a year with the Tennessee Titans. We'll hear from Joe Webb as well. We're going to kick off the show with the man that everybody wants to hear from, and that is Deshaun Watson. When the players got back in the building for conditioning, he stepped in studio after a pretty active offseason, whether it was rehab, getting himself ready, or maybe a trip to Germany. We talked about any and all of that with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson joining us here in the Hyundai Texans radio studio. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris with you. Okay, so how does it feel to be back with the guys? I know you've been around, you've right, been rehabbing, right. but seeing the whole team together. It's great. Um, just the, the energy and the vibe that we are already connected with, the, especially the new guys that's coming on, along with the team and seeing all the, the guys that were on the team last year come back. And I don't know, it's just uh, it's fun. You know, we've all been excited about getting back to work and, and it's cool to to be able to you know get back on that ground with them. Sean, when you bring in players, obviously Zach Fulton, some guys that are going to help you on the offensive line. But you see a guy like Tyron Matthew. Now we talked about that with him a little while ago. For I would think young guys, they look up to him because Correct. they saw him play in college. What's it like to see Tyron Matthew in your locker room, not on the other side of the field? I'm the same way. Um, I, I've said it before. I just said it in the interview what um, I just did in the press conference. But you know, Tyron Matthews is one of the guys that I looked up to. Like you said, when I was in high school, um, I had three players that I was, you know, looking up to: Cam Newton, uh, the Honey Badger, and, and Tim Tebow. Those are my three guys. And and now being able to, you know, we were, you know, friends from a long distance. We would, you know, hit each other up on social media and talk and communicate. But now, actually, being in the same locker room with him is, uh, it's neat. And being able to learn so much from him and and see how he is approaching the game and and just the opportunity he have to, you know, be successful is cool. Early on in the offseason, you posted a video on social media of you throwing the football in the weight room, and it got everybody excited to see that. So I got to imagine right now you're just dying for these 
full practices to get going. You're in the early phases right, of this right, off-season right. conditioning program. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I'm very excited to be able to get back on the field, especially with the guys. But, you know, I've been on the field a little bit rehabbing and, and doing some drop bass and, and different things to, to kind of prepare myself. But also just being able to get out there on the field with the coaching staff and the and the players to run, you know, full you know practices, full plays, it's, uh, it's going to be very exciting. Deshaun, nobody on God's green earth wanted you to get hurt. But if there's an indirect positive to it, the fact that you got a chance to know some guys in the rehab process, getting to know J.J. a little bit better, getting to know other teammates a little bit better, going through that process. I know it's been a tough grind to go through it, but has that been one of the positives that you have gotten to know that camaraderie is built between the guys that are in that room going through that process with you? Oh, of course. I've been able to learn so much from a guy like J.J. You know, he's been in the league. He's one of the best, if not the best, to ever play the game. And, um, you know, learn so much you know, from him on and off the field and, and seeing how he works and we pushing each other and knowing that whenever he gets back, he's going to make sure he holds down the defensive side and I'm going to do the same thing on the offense. And, you know, we're very excited on, on, the, on the work that we put in. And, uh, you know, this, this of course, nobody, you know, myself didn't want to get hurt, but at the same time, it's a, a way to just kind of sit back and really, you know, see the bigger picture. And, um, you know, it sat me down and, uh, you know, a lot of things was going fast last year, but it kind of slowed it down and, and now we're going to read back and pick it back up. Yeah, Deshaun, Bill O'Brien said that when you went out, you guys were just getting started, really. Right. There was a lot that he was going to put into the offense, and he said this offseason, hey, the offense is going to change even more. So what can the fans expect to see this year? What can you tell us anyway? Um, i just say uh, more excitement, um, <laughs> more points, more, more wins. <laughs> that's more the, touchdowns. Those are the, yeah, that's the, those are the, the three biggest, biggest things I, I could say. Deshaun, obviously – you got hurt after the Seattle game, but after that Seattle game, I thought it was really interesting when when the media talked to the Seattle players, they all talked about you. I mean, Richard Sherman couldn't have said any more glowing things about you. What was it like to hear that from a team like that that had such experienced veterans, teams that won the Super Bowl after the game you had against them? What was it like to hear all that? It was cool. It, uh, it gave me more confidence. It, it made me um, you know, reevaluate myself. As a player, you know, um, you know, previous games, of course, we were doing a lot of exciting things, but you know, I felt like a rookie, um, you know, time to time, and I try to go out there on the field and, and try to perform like I'm a veteran guy. Um, but after that game and hearing the veteran guys like those people, uh, like Richard Sherman, Errol Thomas, and 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 the Bobby Wagoners and and guys like that, talk, you know, highly on me. It was uh, it was cool, and it made me know that uh, I can, you know, perform and play at this level very well. You know what's pretty interesting about that? I don't know if you noticed this, but the very first play of that game, I'll never forget this, Jerron Reed, who you faced and your, was, yeah. you faced him in the national championship game. I don't know if you noticed this, but the very first play of the game, Jerron Reed stands up, and you're back in the shotgun, and you're kind of getting the signal, and he's pointing at you. I don't know if you noticed this. I probably didn't. <laughs> he's standing up, and he's, like, looking at all his guys, and he's gesturing, like, at you. Like, he had some bone to pick with you right. because you lit them up a couple years ago. You had no idea about that? I did not. I, I have to go back and look at it. But I, I probably I was so focused on making sure yeah. that everyone was getting set and looking at the secondary all the way down to the defensive line. Um, I did not pick it out. I just thought – if you if you'd seen that, I thought you would have just smiled. You do that later in the game, but the fact that he had a two year grudge, he right. was going to get back at you. And of course, that was the best game you'd played, maybe as as a football player. Yeah, uh, against, against Seattle. Exactly. Uh, I mean, just the the way I play the game, I respect the game. I respect you know the the defenders I'm playing against. I respect my own teammates, and uh, you know, and they understand that too. And we just compete with each other. I'm a competitor, and the the players that I play against know that too. So uh, we want the best of each other, but at the same time, uh, you know, we're not gonna you know 
spare anyone to and let them, you know, outdo us. Deshaun, before you hit the field with 11-on-11 practice, you have all this classroom work coming up. So what's that room going to be like? Brandon Whedon's back, and you got Joe Webb in there right. as well. So what's that going to be like for you? Uh, it's you been good, though, especially the past two days. We, uh, we've we hit the ball rolling, um, you know, digging in the playbook. Uh, but, of course, I was with Brandon last year during OTAs and training camp, so I love him. I'm excited to have him back. And then uh, I've kind of known Joe Webb through, you know, Cam, him at Charlotte. So I used to go up to Charlotte all the time and, uh, spend time with, with Cam and Joe. But, you know, those are two veteran guys. I've seen a lot of football, been in different offenses. So that's uh, two guys that can help me out, you know, and, and, and show me different things and, and show how to really master, you know, playbooks. It looked like you got a lot of love in Germany, man. Oh, how yeah, was that trip? Like, it was fun. It was very exciting. It was cool. i never really been out of the country. I've been, of course, to Mexico. But uh, as far as Europe, it was, a, it was a great opportunity for myself. And I didn't notice we had so many fans over there. So, uh yeah, for all the Texas fans, that's a lot of fans in, in Germany and in Europe. Deshaun, thanks a lot for joining us. Best of Thank luck. You. I appreciate it. As we were concluding that interview with Deshaun, I quickly got on my computer and I went to NFL Game Pass, and I've watched that Seattle game I don't know how many times, and I'm sure some of you have as well. And I pulled up that very first moment, and I showed him Jerron Reed pointing at him. He said, I had no idea. He said, I'm looking at the defense. I'm looking at the coverage. I didn't even see him. <laughs> he just started laughing. He thought it was funny that Jerron Reed wanted to get him so badly and well, he certainly didn't in that championship game, and he certainly did it that afternoon in Seattle. Now, another member of the Texans' quarterback room is, well, he's more like a Cordell Stewart slash player, but he is quarterback, he's running back, he's wide receiver, he's special teams guy. Joe Webb does a little bit of everything. He came into the game last year when the Bills played the Colts in that huge snowstorm up in Buffalo and led them to a victory in that game. Now, Shady McCoy was a big factor in that as well, but Joe has spent some time at a number of different positions. But quarterback is really where he, I guess, calls his home, if you will. But he can do a lot of different things. D.B. Sidhu and Mark Vandermeer caught up with Joe Webb earlier this offseason. Joe Webb joining us in the Hyundai Texans radio studio. Welcome to Houston. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Doing very well. So... What is it you do, Joe? Because you do so many things now. I mean, you play quarterback, obviously, yeah. but you've added so much to the repertoire. Tell us a little bit about the journey and how you've added to the plate here to make yourself more valuable in this league. Uh, well, one of the first things I, uh, that was told to me was the more you can do, the better. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I came into the league drafted as a receiver by Minnesota. Uh, after doing Ricky Minnick count, they put me at quarterback, and they changed me back over to quarterback. So out there. Three, four years, switched me to receiver, mm-hmm. got to Carolina, played a lot of all four special teams right. while I was a backup quarterback and played receiver too. So I, it just been out throughout my whole career. How hard is it to maintain backup quarterback knowledge and proficiency while you're working on all the other stuff? Well, that's my natural position, quarterback. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything else just grew on to me. Right. And, um, you know, I, I did it in the college too. You know, mm-hmm. when my college quarterback, who is Sam Hunt today, the big country singer, you know, he was my quarterback in college. He was? Man. Yeah. At did you know he was going to be a country singer? I had a pretty good idea. You did? Yeah, because he used to bring his guitar in. <laughs> but was in he the good? But he was must he have been pretty good. It was good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. But uh, I was playing receiver and he was playing quarterback. So I've, I've been doing it for a minute. So what do you do in your spare time? You seem like you're a guy of many talents. You can pick up pick up different things. You must be a natural athlete. Uh, I guess you could say you that. you play a lot of sports <laughs> and stuff? Like yes, man. Growing up, I had three brothers, so uh, we played basketball, baseball, football. 
uh, who, who can run the fastest, and, you know, bike race, you know, all type of things. So my brothers, they really, my oldest brother, I had three oldest brothers. I'm the youngest. So they really, you know, mm. took me in. And that gets you good fast, too, yeah. the older brothers. <laughs> Joe Webb joining us. All right, so when you go to UAB, you said you were playing some wide receiver while Sam is the quarterback. How did the transition go from you to quarterback? Did they know you were a quarterback when you first got in there? How did that all go? Yes, uh, they gave me a scholarship as a quarterback, but I was, uh, I think I was two years behind Sam. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when Sam graduated, I was becoming a junior. So that's when I could play quarterback my junior and my senior. But they wanted you on the field when you were a freshman, sophomore. Yes, sir. That's that, correct. That was the best way. So, and it's funny how that does happen to some guys in college, mm-hmm. but it doesn't usually happen in the NFL. When you're with the Vikings and they say, yeah, we drafted you as a receiver, but we want you to play quarterback, what was that like? How did that go down? Uh, it went down, you know, right after minute camp. You know, it, back then we would go back home. You know, mm-hmm. we went go back home for about two weeks. So they give me a call, hey, we like the way you did a quarterback. We're going to give you a shot. We're going to switch your position. So they sent me a playbook. So I had to learn the fronts and the mm-hmm. coverages and all that. All that. So, um, And I was kind of happy because quarterback is my natural position. And, right. Uh, and I could do it. You know, it come natural to me. You started a playoff game for them. Yes, sir. And that must have been kind of crazy. And it was outside, right? Were you in the uh, college <laughs> Lambeau Field. It was in Lambeau. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Bay. right. But those are the years I think you were building the stadium, too. But, yeah, you're right. It was at Lambeau. Of course you're right. At Lambeau Field. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a crazy experience, man. Very cold, but it was a great experience. <laughs> all right. So what do you want to do here? How do you think you fit in here? How do you think it's all going to happen? Uh, no, I'm all for the team. You know, team mm-hmm. first. You know, uh, whatever the coaches need me to do, whether, you know, uh, you know, quarterback role, receiver role, special teams role. So uh, I'm all about just making the guys around me better. When you – are in the meeting rooms and you see Deshaun Watson. I mean, obviously you've got a lot of experience on him. What's that like, the relationship that you have with him? And, and you know, what's it like being in a room with, with him and Brandon Whedon, who's had so much experience? Yeah, it's great. You know, uh, me and those guys, you know, we had great conversations. We get along so well. And I also knew those guys before I came here. You know, I watched Deshaun Washington's career throughout Clemson and also you last did. year. Yes, and um, Brandon Whedon. And I watched him when he got drafted, you know, things like that. So, uh, I, I mean, I follow those guys' career. I always follow quarterbacks' you know, career. How do you like Houston? I love it. Yeah? I'm back in the South. Yeah, yeah. You're from <laughs> Birmingham, so here you are. Close enough, I guess, for now. Oh, yeah. Man, I love it, man. It's hot. You know, it's humid. This is how I like it. You mm-hmm. know, good food, good people. You know, you can't, you can't beat it. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you on the practice field. Thanks a lot, Joe. All right. Thank you. You're right about that, Joe. Can't beat the heat, no doubt. It's better than that winter weather you get up in Buffalo. All right, we get back. We're going to hear from Brandon Whedon, who I caught up with the day that he signed again with the Texans back in April. Brandon Whedon next right here on Texans All Access. Welcome back to Texans All Access Summer Celebration, a Monday night where we are celebrating quarterbacks. We've already heard from Deshaun Watson and Joe Webb, and we're about to stay with that W theme. I just thought about that. Watson, Webb, 
Whedon. Are those the three quarterbacks who make the roster make it very easy? Look, this is really helping my OCD. And by the way, I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. And as I mentioned in the first segment, we're going to be celebrating Texans, players, coaches, staff, medical staff, people that have joined us that have been great radio along the way, great segments that we have done throughout this week of the 4th of July. Because I know a lot of people are on vacation, but it's a good time to kick back and celebrate a little bit and then rev our engines up for next week when we'll be back live bringing you everything two weeks before we go to the Greenbrier. So let's get into Brandon Whedon. Spent last year with the Tennessee Titans after being released here from the Texans. Texans decided to go with Tom Savage and Deshaun Watson. Whedon spent the year with the Tennessee Titans. Could have used him actually, and I think that was maybe the reason why the Texans ended up bringing him back when Tom Savage took a free agent deal with the New Orleans Saints. So looking for a backup quarterback, the Texans went out and found a guy that they were familiar with, that was familiar with them, familiar with Houston. They found Brandon Whedon. The day that I caught up with him was the day that actually Brandon walked down the stairs after signing his contract and walked right in this room. And, of course, he knows us. We know him, and so we were just able to do some radio. We talked about a number of different things, but mainly being back in Houston with the Texans. In the Hyundai Texans radio studio, John Harris alongside the newest Texan. Just got his contract signed. He's all signed, sealed, and delivered. Brandon Weed. How's that feel, Brandon? Feels good. You know, there's last couple of days, there's a lot of anticipation that kind of goes into it. You know, yeah. uh, obviously you want to sign on the dotted line. And, and um, so flew down this morning, knocked all my physical stuff out and put a little pen to paper and, and uh, knocked it out. What's it like being back in the building? And being back in the building is the key because you obviously here before, gone last year, but then back now. What does it feel like to be back in this building? You know, it feels like home. You yeah. know, and that was kind of one of the intriguing parts about coming back here is, you know, I don't have to start over you right, know a lot, right. of, a lot of faces I recognize and uh you know I know a lot of people in the building I know there's been some changes but uh just you know just to see everybody that you know I was with not very long ago you yeah know, back in the back last last August uh, you know it just makes it makes the transition really easy and I'm excited about it man there's a bunch of really good people in this this building and uh, I'm ready to get to work and to that end for you t- take me through the free agent process I would imagine like where am I going next how tough a process is that and then at the end of it it's I'm going back to Houston a place that I know pretty well how did that kind of go over with the family and all that kind of stuff but take me through the process itself and then obviously signing and what was the feeling around the family about doing that yeah you know I mean it is stressful because you don't know I mean yeah it's more the uncertainty than you know than anything I think uh you know my wife was you know probably more anxious than I was and we've got two young kids she's like you know she's thinking about the stuff other than football you know so yeah uh, for her, it was obviously, uh, you know, probably a little bit more stressful even for me. I just, you know, I just let kind of the chips fall where they may. You know, there's a couple teams that were involved, and, you know, you go through the whole negotiations part, and you kind of see what the needs were. And I told my agent, I said, man, I tell you, I'd, I'd love to be back in Houston for several reasons. But, I mean, there's a bunch of really good guys in this locker room, uh, great coaching staff, uh, and a really good football team. And I was just talking to, to Brian Gain. I said, you know, as, as a backup quarterback, that's what you want. You know, if you're thrown in there and you're under the fire if you're not playing for, you know, however long it may be, you want good players around you. And I think uh, that was what was really intriguing about coming back here because it's a really good football team. So, um, you know, like I said, it can be stressful, you know, especially just the uncertainty, you know, am I going to play another year? Am I going to have to wait till after the draft? You just don't know when everything's going to kind of kind of get finalized. But once it got finalized, I was uh, obviously very excited to be back here and, and uh, 
you know, looking forward to this upcoming year. Brandon, you, I know in, in my heart, Mark Vandermeer's heart, because of you stepping in in that game against Indianapolis in 2015 in particular and the 90-yard drive, we, we still talk about that. I mean, we talk about, oh, my goodness, how is this going to happen? And then you lead him down on a 90-yard drive like it was nothing. And I think the most impressive thing to me was you'd only been here for a short amount of time, but there were no bumps in the road. There were no uh, illegal formation penalties. You got everybody in the right spot and took it on down the field. And that was such a really cool moment. But that was stepping into a situation, as, a, as you mentioned, it, as a backup quarterback. What's the mentality have to be as a backup quarterback as opposed to being the starter or going in knowing that you're the guy? We know Deshaun's the guy. But what's that mentality got to be for you to be the backup, to be ready to come into a situation perhaps like you did in 2015? Yeah, you know, I mean, especially then. I mean, I was – I don't want to be here, like you said, a short amount of time. I was – I spent so much time. My wife wasn't here. I was by myself, I mean, up until 2 o'clock in the morning some nights just – really learning this language, this, this offense, because I had never played in this system before. And yeah. so it was so uh, it was so unique to me. So I, I it kind of took the anxiety out of it because I, I knew there was, you know, whatever, 15 pass plays I really, really liked. There were some runs I was comfortable with as far as Mike points. And then, you know, uh, Gotsy just called those plays and, you know, the guys around me made plays. And it was just – it was it was kind of effortless. I mean, it just yeah. kind of really honestly fell into place. Um, you know, so I, I think it, it really all goes to, uh, you know, the preparation throughout the week. I think you have to prepare like you're going to play, um, you know, hoping you, you don't. I mean, ultimately, we want Deshaun out there and we want him healthy. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think for me, what I'll do, whatever Deshaun wants. Some some quarterbacks want, you know, a backup quarterback maybe to get a day ahead. Right. You know, watch third downs if we're going to do them on Thursday or, or red zone and kind of get a feel for what the other team's doing. Um, so if that's, you know, what he feels comfortable with and that's what he wants me to do, that's what I'll do. So, um I'm just going to do like I've all, I've kind of always done it. Just prepare. Um, obviously, don't get the reps, but mentally you gotta you gotta stay sharp because man, it's uh, you know if your number's called, you know those other 52 guys are counting on you. Different team than you were even even last year. Obviously, Deshaun stepped in for the six and a half games that he was in, then got injured. But a lot of different changes. But the additions: Aaron Colvin, Tyron Matthew, some of the guys coming in, the offensive lineman coming in. What do you see in this squad now? Now, obviously, it hasn't all been put together. It's all on paper. What do you see with what they've been able to do over the last few weeks to bolster this team going to 2018? You know, they we got to be excited about it. I mean, uh, you know, I think I've played against Tyron Matthew for you know a couple of games, and he's like, he got, got a pick. I thought I thought about it on the flight today. I was like, me, I threw an out route to Witten, and he just undercut. It. He <laughs> basically ran the route for Witten, and yeah. uh, you know, so uh, great player. Obviously, very instinctive, just just an all around great player. And Aaron Colvin as well played him played against him at OU, and then obviously when he was in Jacksonville, so. Um, yeah, I'm excited. There's a lot of really good pieces in place. You know, the 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 players are there. Now it's all about going out and getting it done, you know, as a team. Got to stay healthy. You got to do all those things. But, um, yeah, I think, I, I think uh, you know, we've, we've got a chance to be a really good football team. You know, we got to go out and put the work in and do all the things we need to do. But, um, you know, the additions they've made, um, in my opinion, have been have been great ones. Do you have scoreboard over Colvin? I think in 2011 you got him. I know that we got him in 11. Yeah, it was like 44 to 10, <laughs> and we were playing. We were playing pissed off. We had just lost to Iowa State, and uh, that's pretty right. Much lost our entire season. You know, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Personally, team wise, we just yes, yeah, so we came in and uh, we knew the only chance we had to go play in the national championship was to get them. So we 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 laid it on them pretty good. Now, obviously, there are two quarterbacks coming out of those two schools: Baker Mayfield, Mason Rudolph. Two young guys coming out. You've gone through that process. You did it a little bit later in your life than they're going through it. What would be your advice to, to young quarterbacks, even to Deshaun? What's your advice to them so that those guys step into the NFL and end up having a long 
prosperous career. I mean, you've been around this game for a while. What would be your, your advice to those young guys that are learning the game now and want to stick around this for a while? You know, I think there's a couple things. One, I think really establish a routine, you know, especially as a quarterback. I mean, whether it be what time you show up in the building to, what you know, your breakfast. I mean, just establish a routine that works. You know, it's going to take a while for those guys to figure out what that is. But I think just, you know, find out what works for them. Um, you know, and then whenever they get to wherever they're going, um, you'll be a sponge. You know, if you got a veteran quarterback in the room with you, be a sponge. Ask questions. I mean, that's that's the thing about it now is, like, you know, if you're a young quarterback, you're not asking questions. If you don't know what a coach is saying, I mean, you're nuts. Because if you, if you don't know what it is on Sunday, you're going to get exposed. Yeah. And so I would say just, you know, um, this, is, this is our job now. You know, we're not, we're not going to, you know, not going to class. You're not doing all those things. This is this is your job, you know, to you know take it like that. Show up early and, and stay late like the old, you know, cliche is. But uh, I would say, yes, establish a routine, be a sponge, um, and just, just enjoy the enjoy the moment. You know, go out and each week's a new week in the NFL. I mean, that, you gotta you gotta remember that. If you win one week, all's great. You lose, <laughs> it sucks. You know, so you, you know, just take it take it one week at a time and and uh, enjoy every minute of it. Excited about going back to Greenbrier? You know, I am. I, we were just talking about that. I, I love that place. I mean, yeah. Obviously, you get out of the heat here. Yeah, of but, course. Um, yeah, I thought it was a cool place. I, I enjoyed it up there. We always talked about after, you know, people, the fans want to know, well, why are they going up to West Virginia? Like, what's the whole thing? And I used to say, well, it's two things. Number one is temperature and then togetherness. Yeah. The temperature was pretty obvious. But from a camaraderie standpoint, did you sense that being around the guys that you got? And obviously, we had Hurricane Harvey going on at the at the tail end of it, which right. completely changed everything. But did you feel that being up there together got you guys closer as a ball club? Do you I, feel that? No question. I think there's no doubt about it. I mean, there's not a whole lot to do up there right. outside of, you know, what we're, you know, there. I mean, there's, you know, if you're on off days, go play golf or yeah. go shoot clays or whatever. But Or if you're with Leckler, you're fishing. Well, he fished, yeah, he fished every day. That guy didn't, <laughs> he got the best job in the NFL. But, um, yeah, he, you know, I I thought it did. I mean, I think guys, you know, that maybe don't hang out together or, or visit very much, I mean, you know, during our downtime, we're all right there. There's really nowhere to go. So I think, you know, you're not forced to, but I think yeah. it, it makes it a little bit easier. Um, you know, we were up there for a long time. So it's, it was good. To, it was good to, I mean, I, I met, got with guys that, you know, maybe they didn't make the team, but, you know, guys that, uh, you know, are great guys that I may not have had the chance to if we're, if we're here, you know. So, um, yeah, it was a cool experience. I'd never really gone off like that. We went to Oxnard when I was in Dallas. Um, but it was even, even that setup was a little bit different than, yeah. than it was up in Greenbrier. So, yeah, I enjoyed it, man. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I know baseball's run through your veins at some point in your life. Opening day coming up. Do you have a team? Are you excited about a particular team? And how about the Astros after the championship? Man, I'm obviously huge Astros fan after watching what they did last year. That, yeah. was, that was pretty impressive. Uh, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit it, man. I don't follow baseball near like I used nah, to. That's okay. You know, that's I, okay. Well, I'm I played, the same I, way. I played for five years, and I <laughs> – I watched 140 games a year, man. I, I've That's seen, enough. I've seen plenty of baseball, but you That's know, when you know World Series and playoffs, I'll I'll watch. But opening day, I'll watch some games tonight. For sure. I, I always wonder about this. Rockets are doing well, uh, and we'll see what they do as the number one seed in the West. The Astros won a championship. How much does that? I don't want to say motivate a team, but how much do you guys pay attention to what's going on to the teams in the city and go? But oh, wait a second, these teams are playing at a pretty high level. We got to get our game up to their level. Does that does that ever happen for professional athletes? Look at the other teams in the city and maybe getting motivation from what they're doing. Absolutely, Cause, well, because you you see the buzz throughout the town, yeah. you know, and you want to be a part of that. You know, yeah. you want them to say, "Man, I was foaming the Astros did it." You know, the Rockets were making a heck of a run. It's going to be the buzz. I mean, the buzz is what a player wants. You know, that's just, you know the the fun. The you know when you go around town, that's where everybody's talking about. You know, that's that's fun. You know, yeah. and to have three teams that are have a chance to be pretty elite. Um, yeah, you want to be on one of those three. And for us, I mean, we got to we got to hold our own, you know, obviously. But 
Uh, those other two teams have obviously, you know, the Rockets aren't done yet, but they've they've got a pretty pretty special team there. So, uh, yeah, you want to hold up your end of the bargain. I mean, you want to, um, you know, be the team that kind of um, is, is part of what they're doing. Brandon, appreciate it, man. It's glad to have you back. Thank Absolutely, you, man. Thank you, guys. As a competitor, I would imagine that's a pretty tough role to be in. You know you're going to be a backup quarterback, and you know the franchise has found its franchise guy in Deshaun Watson. But I think Brandon Whedon knows exactly the role that he is expected to play here with the Houston Texans. And I think it's going to end up being a role that he fits very well. I think that Deshaun Watson can really use him, use his experience, use his calm. I think Brandon Whedon is probably the perfect fit behind Deshaun Watson. That said, love Brandon. I don't want to see him in a game because that would mean that Deshaun Watson has gotten hurt at some point, and I don't want to see that whatsoever. Unless it's 57-14 to against the Tennessee Titans on a Monday night football and they can rest Deshaun in the fourth quarter. That would be kind of cool because that's what happened last year. I'd be all right with that. Now, a guy that has played plenty of football for this Texans organization in the past is a guy named Sage Rosenfels. I got here in 2007. Sage was here on the roster, played plenty in that 07 season. Some of the more famous and or infamous plays took place with Sage at quarterback. One I know many of you remember, the Rosencopter. But Sage is a great radio guest. He joined Mark Vandermeer earlier this offspring, talking about quarterbacks, talking about Texans, talking about the NFL. Sage Rosenfels will finish off our Monday evening quarterback episode of Texans All Access Summer Celebration right here next. One final segment of our Monday evening quarterback edition of Texans All Access, colon, summer celebration. Yeah, we're going to have summer celebration all week long, celebrating the players, the coaches, the staff, the many great radio segments that we were able to do throughout this offseason as we get ready for the Greenbrier, and then we'll pick up again live next week right here on Texans All Access. Now, I got here to Houston, and I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter, in 2007, the first game I remember walking in NRG Stadium against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I walked in probably about halftime because we had actually been at LSU the night before covering LSU and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech team that featured both Dwayne Brown and Tyrod Taylor. And LSU team, Mr. Jacob Hester, or as Tim Tebow once called him, a war daddy. So we got there a little bit late, but that was my first NFL regular season game and I don't know how long covering it for the radio station. I've been covering the Texans ever since. Now Sage Rosenfels did not get in the game that day but he certainly did that year as Matt Schaub struggled with some injuries and I know there were many people that thought well you know Sage Rosenfels maybe he could be the starting quarterback for this team and I'll never forget game against the Colts you all know the game I'm talking about I don't know that I had seen Schaub play at that level at all. I don't know that there were many Texans quarterbacks prior to that had played at a level that Sage Rosenfels was playing. And then the fourth quarter hit, the infamous Rosencopter, and, well, away you go. Now, Sage has 
spent the majority of his quarterback career, spent the majority of his quarterback career as as a backup. This is from the Vandermeer's View podcast that Mark did with Sage Rosenfels, but also that we did for Texans All Access. So let's hear what Sage had to say and start with his thoughts on being a backup and playing that role. Well, I think it all depends on you. Sort of, you're, you're watching the game and you're seeing the ebb and flow of the game. You're seeing the pass rush. Obviously, you're in tune of what the other team is doing. Uh, you totally know the game plan, but you know you, you don't know what type of sort of disaster you're stepping into. Are are, are you up by two touchdowns? You know, you have to play a certain way if you're up by two touchdowns. Uh, is it a tight ball game still in the first quarter? Uh, is it a tight ball game going into to the fourth quarter? Uh, are, are you behind by three touchdowns? They, you know, at the way you stepped into the football game, you have to figure out what's the what's the best way for us to win this football game, and what should sort of my style of football should be. And, and there were a few times where I came in, one was with the Dolphins, and a couple times with the Texans. I feel like when we were down by three, four scores, and and uh, you know Kubiak would call aggressive plays, and and in Miami it was, it was Scott Linehan and Jason Garrett. You know, being aggressive and, and sort of letting it all out and, and, and have the ability, the preparation to, to execute two-minute offense, hurry-up offense, uh, you know, some style pass plays. You can go back and just get completions. Um, and, uh, yeah, I had a couple experiences there with, uh, with with the Texans that were very memorable. And, and uh, you know, as I said, and, and a couple of those games were, were behind by three or four scores. And at that point, you got to be aggressive. you got to try to fit balls in places and, and uh, sort of just let it go. And you throw a pick, you throw a pick. Uh, but you just sort of get that, get, you know, try to get the energy going with your players and, and sort of get that momentum switched around, get that first score first, uh, and then just try to snowball it from there. So, you know, sometimes as you, if you score once or twice, that defense starts to stiffen up a little bit and, and the other team starts to play more conservative and you're getting more opportunities. And next thing you know, you're right back in the football game. So, yeah, it happened a couple of times in my career and, and some very memorable, memorable, memorable games, including those couple of games against the, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Sage, you played a bunch for the Texans with the Vikings, Giants, Dolphins late in your career. Didn't throw any passes in those games, but what is it like when you're not playing and you have to prepare as if you might and you go through all of that as an NFL athlete? How about that process? Yeah, well, it's really interesting. You know, I, I left the, the Texans because I really wanted to start, and I, I, and I worked a trade with Rich Smith and Jerry Kubiak. We talked about it for basically the entire year, and I really wanted to start. And Matt Schaub was a starter. He was making starter money, and I was making backup money, and and they helped me get to the Minnesota Vikings. And and during training camp, uh, uh, Brett Favre, you know, came back and and really never had that chance. Obviously, next year I get shipped to the Giants, and Eli Manning just started there. We all know Eli never gets hurt, so I didn't play much there either. And and uh, you know, about two years later, I was out of the league. So uh, it was it was interesting to go up and, and play for those different organizations. It's you know, it's interesting I get to compare, uh, you know, the, the Dolphins and, and Washington and and obviously the Texans and the Giants uh, and, and the Vikings, I get to compare them on. And, you know, community relations people and, and people now who I still talk to in all the organizations. So uh, I'm still close with a lot of people with, with the Vikings. Uh, a lot of those people, Rick Spielman, George Payton, you know, those guys were also down in Miami when I was there for most of the time. So I, I go a long ways back with a lot of those people and some of those coaches, you know, currently on that coaching staff in Minnesota. Uh, still have a lot of great friends from my one year with the Giants. Uh, you know, living in Hoboken, New Jersey, and uh, playing for a ten and six Giants team, some some great games. The next year, they won the Super Bowl, uh, and then back in Minnesota to finish off my career after that. So it was it was a crazy ride, and and uh, I'm happy it's all done. Uh, I, I do miss playing. I miss the guys, miss the locker room, miss the, the cafeteria uh, where guys are talking about current events and 
or, or other players around the league or whatever, and, and uh, you know miss those. But uh, yeah, I, it's it's nice to not have to try to bench press as much as possible and put on as much uh, you know weight to squat as much as possible and, and run up hills and and run in this heat uh, and put on those pads when it's 95 degrees in Houston and that dew is thick in the morning. Uh, before you even get your car out of the out of the driveway, <laughs> Sage, we talked about that four fourth quarter touchdown pass performance against the Tennessee Titans. Now, take me to the next year. I know we've talked about this before. I know it's a painful memory, but I think that it's got to be something you learned a lot from when we talk about the comeback that the Colts had against the Texans, and you had the late lead, and you had the fumble returned by Gary Brackett for the touchdown, and. I imagine you still think about that one a lot because all athletes think about. I was watching Catholics versus convicts, and all those guys have won multiple championships, but they're still bitter about losing that game, University of Miami. But I got to imagine, despite the great career, that that one still haunts you a little bit. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it haunts me. You know, I, I had a mentality, uh, you know, instead of going back, a small town kid and went to Iowa State, and we were sort of a losing school, and we found a way to get it over the top, and I came to the NFL and, and just, you know, worked and worked and worked and just tried to make the team and, and, and try to be as good as possible. I was in a sort of go for it attitude at all times, go for it, prove myself at all times. I mean, you know, spring games or, 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 or just spring practices or training camp in college. I mean, diving for first down, uh, you know, taking hits um, and sort of trying to prove, always try to prove myself. That was always been my, my mentality. And I think that's probably what helped me, in some of those comeback games where I was going to be aggressive and going for it. Uh, but I wasn't, you know, in those lot of situations where it was time to be really ultra conservative. So uh, if it was ever sort of a 50, 50 you know, type of situation, my natural instinct was always go for it uh, and never uh, you know, play tentative. And um, that's what happened on that play. And it didn't work out. Uh, so, you know, it's the way I played my career uh, far through too many interceptions, but through a lot of touchdowns and had some great games and, I threw too many interceptions and and uh, and had a few good games and and uh, you know, also made, made my fair share of mistakes in, in the league and obviously that was one of them and uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I regret it I would say I wish I had done something different but uh, a lot of things happen in the NFL and, and you can't go back and uh, you know rehash try to be perfect about everything uh, you know things worked out pretty well for me I got three healthy kids and and life is pretty good in Omaha Nebraska. Absolutely. Sage, I know you observed so much about this game, so what are your thoughts on Deshaun Watson, what you've seen so far, and what you think might happen in the future? Well, I, I loved him coming out. He was really, I, when I, I remember doing a, a story and I broke down about the top five or six quarterbacks coming out last, uh, last year, and this is before the draft and what teams they should go to. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I thought at the time, should go to the Houston Texans uh, because uh, he's a guy that would, I think, assimilate really well to the NFL game. He played in such big-time college football and in so many big games uh, that he would sort of be, I thought, I thought, sort of a pro coming right into this thing uh, and play for a really good football team, a really good defensive football team, and that you know he could go in there and execute. He could go in there and be smart. I mean, you gotta when you play in those big games, you got to be a a smart quarterback dealing with situations and, and all those types of things. And so I really thought that he and – I, and I loved his natural ability. I, I love the way he threw the football. He's a natural thrower. Uh, he's got a much stronger arm than people realize. Uh, and, you know, obviously he's a smart professional kid, so I, I, I think he checks a lot of boxes. My biggest concern, you know, was he going to get hurt? That's always my concern with guys who just can run. Running's not negative, but getting hurt is. Uh, so, you know, him, Mariota, 
uh, all those types of guys, I do get concerned about the injuries. And so, but as far as man, a guy who can play the football game, uh, the natural ability, the instincts that he has, the ability to buy time within the pocket. He's one of the better guys in the league already about working inside and outside the pocket. He's got that arm strength to make things happen down the field. That's sort of a new thing now. You watch Aaron Rodgers do it. You watch him start to watch some other guys do it. Russell Wilson is to go back and just sort of buy time. Uh-huh. Uh, because guys come open in particular during in, in zone defense, those guys do come open if you can buy time. And he did a great job of that last year. Uh, you know, it wasn't always fall out quick and, and, you know, stick routes and slants and things like that. He was making some big time throws down the field. A lot of that is because he was buying a little bit of time here and there in that pocket and then making big plays. And so he's fun to watch. And, and I'm glad Houston's got a, a dynamic quarterback that makes it more fun to watch. Sage, what are you doing these days? Share that with the listeners. I know you're doing some writing. Yeah, I write for the Athletic Minnesota, so I cover uh, the Vikings mostly. I, I will cover other things in the NFL. Um, I, I, I occasionally do. Well, I do a Locked On Vikings podcast. I do this podcast a couple of days a week. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, shoot, I'm currently doing a football camp uh, thing with the Shanahan's and, and Sean McVay. Uh, called the Quarterback Collective. Uh, we're basically getting all the best quarterbacks in the country. We want to teach them to be pros. We want to teach them, you know, the Shanahan McVay offense. Uh, you know, where I said uh, just a good quarterback can really understand the game uh, and become a really good player. These college, these high school kids, a lot of them best ones in the country. They're never under center. A lot of these college guys never under center. You go to the NFL, you better understand play action. You better understand the bootleg game. A lot of these kids have never done that. It takes them a while to assimilate to that. So we want to give it to them in high school. So that's that's a new thing we're doing here called the Quarterback Collective. Uh, I'm working on two different Haiti projects just through a big backyard party to raise about $14,000 for my friend's nonprofit called uh, FIDA. Uh, it's uh, F-I-D-A, the Foundation for International Development Assistance. Uh, they, they teach them, they teach them to set up a co-op and read and, and, and write and, uh, and farm sustainably. Um, and it's just an amazing uh, nonprofit. So I'm helping him. And I'm also working with a big Iowa State booster called the Sukup Manufacturing uh, Family. And uh, they're building Hades, or I'm sorry, they're building, they're building homes, uh, these metal homes that are sort of like mini grain bins uh, out of uh, uh, that same steel material, just like a grain bin in Iowa. And they're making these things for Haiti. They're making these things for refugees all over the world. Uh, I'm sort of part of their team to try to get the word out. And that's an extremely exciting project lately I've been working on. So, uh, yeah, besides all that, I'm, I'm raising three kids and, and trying to get a little pool time and, and trying to enjoy myself, occasionally get a little workout in. And I occasionally get to, to train some local kids around here, which is a lot of fun, uh, you know, being on the other side of that thing, not just being a player, but actually being a coach and, and trying to get back and teach these high school kids the proper footwork and mechanics and, and, and even sometimes the X's and O's of the game, help them learn the game even in high school. And that'll do it for tonight's show, a Monday evening quarterback edition of Texans All Access on our summer celebration. Watson, Webb, Whedon, and Sage Rosenfels. Yeah, it's kind of nice to put the quarterbacks all into one episode. Over the next few nights, you're going to hear plenty of things. Tomorrow night, Drew Doherty and I went in the lab and we did our Ultimate 11 NFL team of players from Texas universities and colleges, both offense and defense. Oh, if you didn't hear that, that caused a lot of consternation throughout our listenership. So you'll definitely want to tune in for that. We'll have our All-American Dude Draft on Wednesday, July 4th, appropriately enough. And we'll hear from Bill O'Brien at the end of the week. So we got plenty planned for you the rest of this week. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Sage, to Brandon, to Joe, and, of course, to Deshaun for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And as always, go Texans.